0: Greetings, listeners. Welcome to uh, Nugent Ventures. This is the uh, post-Christmas edition. And today is what? Uh, you'd think I'd know. The 26th, yeah. Christmas was yesterday. And I see I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Well, there goes tomorrow. Um, I have this thing... Forget what it's. looks like an occluded blood vessel in my left eye. I think it is, so I have to have a doc check it out. And every once in a while, I get a shot in the eye. You know, they say it beats a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, but not by that much. So anyway, I didn't get anything done this weekend of substance, really. I worked a little bit yesterday, uh, but not really today. I just couldn't get. The old engine started. So I thought, well, at least I'll knock out the podcast. So uh, start with the comics. I recommend Peanuts today. I won't try to sum that up, but very funny. And uh, Dilbert, I'm going to try to summarize it, which I usually don't do because it's very hard to uh, get across a multi-panel comic strip in the theater of the mind we call podcasting. But here it goes. So the pointy-haired boss is doing a projection up on the whiteboard. And he says, our financial model predicts slow sales for years, followed by a huge surge in year 10. And Dilbert asks, what causes that surge? And the boss goes, why do you care? That's 10 years away. And Dilbert says, I asked so I can judge the credibility of your model. Boss says, I guarantee our model is as good as any other 10-year projection. Dilbert asks, has any 10-year projection ever been right? The boss says, how would I know? And then he says, don't you put in those earbuds. (laughs) Dilbert says, please continue. Because he stopped listening. And, uh, you know, all these congressional budget office 10-year projections every 10 i had a boss who was brilliant one time at AMA, and he put in a five-year plan i think it was might have been 10 years uh which was brilliant because it got you out of the box of these 10 these you know we were looking at results every week and at least every year you know so, if you didn't make your numbers, that was it for you. But he put this five, I forget, this five or 10 year plan, and it was like, hey, they can't fire him for five years. And they didn't. Uh, he went down in that big Sunbeam scandal AMA had, which was a joke, where they endorsed, you know, Band Aids or something that Sunbeam made. Some kind of, it was an endorsement deal uh, for various products and services, and mainly products. And some of these Sunbeam products weren't so good. That was when Shane saw Al was running Sunbeam, and, you know, they were trying to make Nandu's revenue because because I couldn't get them to pay dues. You know, it was, it was my fault, really. So, anyway, a good friend of mine was at the bottom of the stack on that, and it was weird, because usually everybody, they used to, you know, throw people out from the bottom up. In this case, they did it from the top down, and uh, she survived, so she's not a listener else I wouldn't bring that up see that's what it happens if you don't listen we talk about you or I talk about you so that's another good reason to, to listen so uh, let's see what else is in the Tribune here today I've already prepared here I went through all the I went through all the uh, Tribune but this Portion, I think I meant to throw away and didn't. Yeah, there's nothing worth noting in here, so that's garbage. Got in the wrong pile, I guess. Okay, now the space telescope lifted off flawlessly. This is the James Webb. I thought it was after that, that's Senator Webb. But it wasn't. It was a guy at NASA. And the puzzler about this, I don't know how much it cost to put this thing up, but I'm sure it cost a ton, you know, and there are some externalities, as we say, like, you know, a lot of uh, atmospheric pollution and such. But nobody who's on the progressive side complains about it. Unless somebody in the private sector does it, like if Musk does it or if Bezos does it. And, you know, now granted this is to, you know, put up another telescope that uh, is going to see back into the past, but honestly, what good does that do the average, you know, citizen walking around on the street? Not much. And uh, I just don't see why... Those public expenditures aren't treated the same way that private expenditures. You can say, well, those are joy rides for rich people, and this is a big public project. But I would actually probably rather see private people spend their money putting stuff in space that doesn't really serve any practical purpose than than taxpayer money. And the pollution side of it is at least as bad with these big public rockets. So, let's see... What else do we got here? They have a list of all the people who died. Colin Powell, who could have... I would have voted for Colin Powell for president for sure. No matter probably who he was running at. There's an article about learning from failure, which I guess I'll have to read Uh, because this wasn't real successful. Your Medicare premiums are going to rise if you're on Medicare. There's two overlooked variables for happiness, according to this article. One is prioritize positivity, not happiness. So positive thinking. People kept telling me to try that, so I'm going to try. And then prioritize future happiness, not present happiness. And I'll have to share that with my wife. Um, There's a thing in here about charisma, and it depends on time of day. I don't think I'm very charismatic. I am non-charismatic 24-7, 365, you know. I'm slightly more charismatic when I'm awake. But uh, just marginally, you know what I mean? And then they've already got an article about New Year's resolutions, which I have not read. I'm, I'm not going to. And I am, you know, you can't help but make some uh, some New Year's resolutions at the end of the year, right? Uh, bilingual employees are in demand, and as you all know, I majored in Spanish. At least I took enough courses registered for enough to to have a major, but I dropped them all. I think I registered for Spanish too like four times. So, your resume, I'm not working for a company that does LinkedIn makeovers and resume. So if you need that done, let me know. Uh, and I'd probably prefer to run you through the company so I don't get... Accused of violating some employee agreement, but uh, I'm sure the rates are very affordable. And what you do is, here's five tips. Emphasize accomplishments, fix your errors, don't have any typos, mix nouns and verbs, be consistent, and play to reading habits. Uh, The resume should be written down the page and then across. From the most to least important. Yeah, i probably clip that up. Now that I'm in the business, I've thought about doing this a lot, but there's a lot of competition and stuff, so this outfit hired me, and I was supposed to do my first LinkedIn profile today, but I didn't get motivated. So I'll do it tomorrow. With this particular client, uh, what they did is they pardon me, while I rip apart the TRIB. They did a resume, so all I have to do really is take the resume mostly, I think, cut and paste it. This is my first one, so I'm not really sure. Now, they have something called uh, ADUs. This is in real estate. An accessory dwelling unit... Which is they sh- there's two houses that share a 0.2 acre single-family lot, but are entirely separate, except for a shared carport. One is 2,300, and one is uh, 1,400, an accessory dwelling unit. So the accessory dwelling unit is $850,000, but this is in Princeton, New Jersey, which is pricey. So, you know, we'll see about that. You could do it cheaper here. I hope to be moving out of my residence, and I'll be looking for something that can generate some rental income, so... Looking for like a three or four or five flat someplace affordable. So, uh, if you know anything like that, let me know. Um, let's see what else we got here in the real estate pages. There's a thing about determining the value of an inherited property, which I'm going to clip out. Because I, I, I am, I think. Going to inherit a property at some point. So we got a couple of keepers there. What else is going on in the Tribune today? I started with the fun stuff and then the business stuff. And I will get to the grim drumbeat of rat a tat a tat crime. So there's a feature article, which was actually already online. Um, I shared it, but I'm going to try to get in touch. The Mike Rako's son had his, his girlfriend got robbed or carjacked or mugged or something, and he decided to try to do something about it. And I'm thinking he's our new mayoral candidate. Actually, our, our next mayor will be Hispanic, I think because, you know, politics being what they are in this town. But this article is pretty straightforward. You can tell it was heavily edited and carefully written. It talks about the George Floyd incident, which they call a murder, uh, which touched off sustained unrest, highlighting questions that many had about the legitimacy of policing, and some experts believe led the police to disengage with the public. (laughs) Yeah, those experts are right. Uh, There's other experts, you know, quote-unquote, and the experts are a big problem here. The solutions remain largely centered on the same long-term strategies, sustained investments to target the adverse and unaddressed conditions that allow violence to take hold, which is all like, you know, okay, now we're in our second century of that, combined with policing that is both effective and fair in all neighborhoods. And I'm fine with that. but And I do think it needs to be fair, but it also needs to be effective. And right now, it's not. And there's all sorts of, you know, statistics being thrown around. And some of them are cooked, obviously, to make it look good. And the police have put out some statistics that There's an outfit called Axios that covered this And said, oh, crime is actually down It's like, really? So here it is in the Tribune uh, In downtown Central District Shooting incidents went from 16 in 2019 To 53 in 2021 So that is a over 300% increase That's what's going on But and this is also true. University of Chicago Crime Lab, the most violent parts of the city, uh, the uh, the rate of what? I say the rate in the most violent parts of the city was 26 times higher than it was in safer districts. And that became more pronounced. So the brunt of this burden is disproportionately borne by our city's black neighborhoods. And I think probably brown, too. So there you go. If there's disproportionate impact, then that needs to be fixed, right? Everything else that's disproportionate needs to be fixed. So maybe that's the argument you have to use. And it talks about the cops, you know, retiring, They're damned if they do, and they're damned if they don't. So what are they going to do? Now, there's another study from UC Davis that examined violence and ZIPS in 13 major cities, communities of color, 14 times as much firearm violence as those in whiter, affluent neighborhoods during the first five months of the pandemic. So, you know, the important thing there is the trend data, but isn't that a good idea? A good argument. If you are an advocate of people with color of color, which you know we all should be, right? Uh, to enforce the damn laws and put away the shooters. You know the the truth is the vast majority of people all over the city are not shooting each other. There's a very small number, relatively, of people who are shooting each other. So let's get them, get them off the streets, get their guns. Pretty obvious what needs to happen. And there's another article I won't go into because I haven't really read it yet about, uh, oh, wait a minute, here we go. Yeah, here's uh, our man Ryko, Sam Ryko, and I'm going to try to track him down and get in touch. At this meeting they had in Wicker Park, where he was, uh, he called for swift and appropriate consequences for people who commit carjackings and robberies. Now he has some liberal spurs, presumably, and they were. There was a flyer there that said it has become apparent that many of the recent carjackers and armed robbers, if apprehended, are not being held accountable for their actions. State's Attorney Kim Fox and Chief Judge. Evans are too lenient and they need to hear from their constituents. Well, these people are deaf. Although I do see that Kim is starting to change, reevaluate her, you know, progressive prosecution. Experts and researchers have told the Tribune that despite the examples of re-offending, there is no research that has established a link between release of pretrial detainees and crime increases. These are the experts we don't need. 'Cause they lack any they probably because they haven't done any studies. They also note the crime in Chicago was dropping as recently as the period from two thousand seventeen to nineteen. Well that's ancient history. You may as well talk about nineteen seventeen to nineteen nineteen. After George Floyd, everything changed. The experts who study Chicago crime data regularly pointed to other potential factors, including, now listen to this, a decline in street robberies, which could mean having fewer people on the street because of COVID contributed to the rise in carjackings, which are also up in other cities. So if you can't rob people walking around the street, then you rob the cars. Okay, well, (laughs) that doesn't mean that you shouldn't arrest the people who are robbing the cars, right? David Olson, who's from my alma mater, Loyola, uh, said it's important to explore such possible drivers and not rush to conclusions. He sounds like the guy out of office space who used to have the game called Jump to Conclusion. Ultimately, we want to understand objectively, how do you do that? What is behind this and how to effectively address it? I've got a clue for the professor. Enforce the law in my father-in-law is a criminologist. I think he'd probably agree with me. So we can save lives and not unduly punish people or incarcerate people who don't need who we don't need to. We don't need to incarcerate people because the worst thing we could do is put people in jail? I don't think so. I don't think that's the worst outcome at all, even if it's disproportionate folks. Um, I think uh, there there are people up here who are coming to their senses. I got an app called uh, man, what the hell's the name of it? It's like one of these security apps, and it will show you live footage. Like people who are in this are like citizen uh, citizen. It's called Citizen, okay? And so you can report stuff. And if I do any of my neighborhood watch work, I may just be using that, you know, because it kind of calls 911 for you and all that. So, it looks, I was thinking of inventing this. Looks like somebody already has. So, that's that. But I do sense the tide is sort starting to turn. People are starting to say enough is enough. Now, here's a letter to the editor by one Thelma Holka who lives in Darien. I just finished reading, and I didn't read this, the December 20th editorial on the Cook County Democratic Party, which apparently has a loyalty pledge. I have to research this. It's The title of the editorial was, it's anachronistic, silly, and undemocratic. I agree with the board that the pledge is completely in opposition to what democracy is supposed to be, democracy can survive only when there is discussion of different opinions. But, you know, you have freedom of choice in this world as long as you make the right choice, right? And i that comes to mind when I hear about vaccine mandates, but I am actually in favor of them regardless of the lack of freedom of choice. I mean, it's kind of like giving lepers a freedom of choice about going to a leper colony, as far as I'm concerned. Back in the old days. That brought to mind the Republican Party's insistence on everyone towing the party line. Um, And they have exiled people who don't agree. What made this worse was when I turned a few pages over and saw an article about the low turnout in Hong Kong elections which stated that laws have been amended to reduce the numbers of directly elected lawmakers and to ensure that the candidates who do run are only those loyal to China, as in the Chinese Communist Party. She, The author was frightened by these similarities. We need more lawmakers who think for themselves and not really go along with what they're told. I agree with that. And party leaders who stop beating their members into submission. Well, that's what parties do but instead allow free thought. We are not China yet. And we're not China yet. But in Cook County, or Fox County as I've come to calling it, uh, Illinois, city of Chicago, county of Cook, we are a one-party state. I mean, within the party there are factions, granted, but there's no opposition, no effective opposition in this, in any of the elections we vote in. Now, this is the sports section, which I don't think I'm going to spend any time. I didn't even watch the Bears today. I didn't even know what time they were on. And they won. So I guess I wish I would have. But I probably won't bother going back now. Nick Foles, QB'd. And he's a former Super Bowl champion, I think, quarterback. So worth a shot with him. Now, there's another discouraging word here. Uh, It's the arts and entertainment section. You hear me throwing away with nothing of any interest whatsoever or importance, in my opinion. City leaders address a widening safety gap. This is the beginning of that first article. Uh, There's been a dramatic uptick since uh, in the two years that coincide with the COVID uptick or the COVID pandemic. Uptick in both homicides and shootings. 60% increase in both categories. So, you know, any of these stats that say that everything's okay are be That's lying with statistics, which there's a book about how to lie with statistics. Now, uh, residents slam city for failing, failing to reduce influx of industry. Now, these are the same folks who talk about high-paying jobs and they are now opposed to bringing those jobs into the city. Now, Daly was trying to do that. If you go over to Lincoln Yards, which is completely stalled, that used to be like a in-city industrial park. Now, the locals don't like the smell of industry. Well, you know what? That's the smell of money, folks. So... Is, there any, is it any wonder, number one, that we've lost all these high-paying union jobs that the progressives lament and then contradict themselves by saying, oh, we can't have anything that's not environmentally pristine? And secondly, is it any wonder that all these jobs are outsourced to China where they could care less about the pollution? Now, they're starting to get green, too, so that may be good for us. At least they're competitive. Now, the other comment I would make, you know, I've been arguing with people about the splitting into two countries idea, and I do that somewhat to be an agent provocateur, Uh, but I'd rather have a peaceful separation than another civil war myself. And as I've said, I don't know that I'd be comfortable in either country, so I'd probably just go back to Ireland where I belong. Or maybe Norway, you know, I'm Norman. Or maybe my 116th. Indigenous heritage means all you folks have to go back and just leave the keys and the deed. But however it works out, um, I think Roe v. Wade could be the the split, the catalyst. You know, last time it was Dred Scott or what have you, and this time I think it could be Roe v. Wade. But... Um, you know, this anti-industrial thing is is, is just bizarre. <coughs> These are the jobs you wanted, folks. So anyway, um, that's about it, I guess, for today. So live long and prosper. And we will uh, be back probably... The Week magazine is out. I know digitally I haven't gotten it due to our molasses-like mail system. But uh, when I get that, I'll probably hop on and brief you on what is already a briefing called The Week Magazine, which is highly recommended. So I will talk to y'all. I hope you had a uh, Merry Christmas and uh, hope to see some of you at least at uh, on Tuesday. And if I don't, have a Happy New Year. Bye-bye.